Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling and today our special guest, the great Evan Altman from CubsInsider.com. How you doing, Evan? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, you know, the, the Cubs have won a couple games here. It's, uh, it's nice to see them, uh, them beat up on some bad teams. And, uh, well, the, the, I guess the one wasn't really beating up on them, but wins are wins. As long as they keep stacking them, we're in September baseball now. So that's good. When you get to the Pirates' bullpen, all things are possible, right? Yeah, and it's the weirdest thing, though, because, you know, uh, you know, we're recording this here on Thursday. On Wednesday, they started Joe Musgrove, who's not a good pitcher at all, who never has been, but dominates the Cubs. Just <laughs> dominates them. And, like, you knew it, was, it happened last year. Four starts. He gave up four on runs. Just killed him, I think. 27 strikeouts, four walks. And he goes out and just mows him down again. And then for a while, the most frustrating thing was that Derek Holland was shutting him down at first. Derek Holland. <laughs> Joe Musgrove and Derek Holland. Like, you can't – there's no reason on earth for those guys. And then finally that they, they broke loose and the Pirates became the Pirates. And, and then, you know, it, it all was well in the end. But, oh, man, for a while there it was pretty frustrating. One more game against the Pirates. And then a very unique five-game set against the Cardinals where it's really nut-cutting time. If the Cubs can win today, this afternoon, and then take four or five, that's a tall order, from the Cardinals at Wrigley Field this weekend, they can kind of salt this thing away a little bit. And that's the uniqueness of this 60-game season. Yeah, and I mean, they have right now, as we're talking, four-game lead. So if they beat the Pirates, they have at least a four-game lead going into that Cardinals series. Now, of course, that, that can swing, but, uh, you know, five games in four days, that is a lot. And I think with the cards, they still have to make up a bunch of games. So I think they have something like, I think at least two more doubleheaders, like maybe Monday and Wednesday of the following week, even after playing the Cubs. And I think they had a doubleheader. Well, I know they did earlier this week. And so eventually that's going to catch up with them. You know, it's one thing when you're fresh, you've been on for a while, uh, but the Cubs can effectively not, I don't know if they can bury the Cardinals in terms of the overall NL Central, but if they can space that out and walk out of that series with a six-game lead, that's not something you overcome. Well, okay. That's not something they should be able to overcome. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where are you going here? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I wasn't alive in 69. I don't care about that. But um, <laughs> that, that stuff doesn't matter. Um, you know, but that's huge when you're talking about the, the, how few games there are and the fact that, again, the Cardinals are really going to have to push so hard down the stretch. But really uh, what's unique about this is that after they get done with that, they play the Pirates a few more times, but they end with, like, the Twins and the Indian, the Cubs, the Twins, the Indians, the White Sox. They play a lot of AL teams down the stretch, so there's not those typical chances for a team to come back because they're done with the Cardinals after this. It's over. So there's really not that chance for the Cards to make up two games at a time. So, I mean, this is this upcoming, this long weekend series, this is effectively the season in terms of the NL Central. After that point, it's just shaking down who makes the playoffs. And until yesterday, I felt really good about the five games in four days because the Cubs had a glut of good starters. Mm -hmm. Jose Quintana being healthy, and I like Mills okay. But now that's all gone because Quintana, again, has gone on the IL. And then we'll get to this in a little bit, but I was thinking about Tom Seaver last night because he passed away. And you think about the tough guys who threw 300 innings every year, whether it was Gibson or Necro or Jenkins, Sutton, Drysdale, all these guys, Seaver. And, and then you got Quintana, and he's got ooh, a little bit of a lat issue or, or, or something or an abductor or whatever the hell. And so he's going on the 10-day IL. What the hell is this? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much about it. It was, it was really speaking of that. So I was talking to my son the other day about the just about Fergie Jenkins because there was something, and I, and I forget. I think it was um, it was a message that Fergie was talking during one of the games on uh, Jackie Robinson weekend. They're just kind of talking about Jackie Robinson, and uh, and I was like, okay, so you know what a complete game is, and it's weird because kids today don't really. That's not really a thing. It's hardly, you know. I said, and I think there was something like. 45 of them thrown total across Major League Baseball last year. And I was like, Fergie Jenkins threw 60 in two seasons himself. You know, like out of 67 starts. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's baffling, you know, because but we're so used to this too. And, and there is an increased specialization. I kind of get it. Um, but, you know, here you've got a guy. But I think we saw this. It, it reminds me of Craig Kimbrell last year where he sat out for so long. And even though he was doing his work on the side – there's a major difference between going from, hey, I'm ramping into things to now throwing competitive innings. And you've got a guy who uh, surprisingly came back as well as he did. you got a nerve injury in your thumb that requires surgery on your pitching hand. Uh, but, you know, I wonder how much of that was he, he pushed himself a little too hard. And now you've got this. And I think they're going, hey, uh, we've already got Chatwood down. Um, we don't know if you'll be able to come back. What's going on here? You're going to sit for a while because we cannot uh, afford this to get any worse, but it's still, it's really frustrating to see that keep happening because every time you think, hey, cool, they got a guy who can step in, no big deal. However, I will say this because I've been beating this drum for a few weeks is that Adbert Alzali should be up with the big league team anyway and is one of their best pitchers in terms of if you look at a group of 14 or 15 guys, this at least opens the door for him and ideally he can come in and fill that role for a while. If the Cubs had known, well, this is hard to say, but if the Cubs had known that Quintana was going to go on the IL, I wonder how that would have informed what they would have done right before the trade deadline as they did address the bullpen and they picked up uh, a bat or two. Not really. Maybe, I don't know whether he qualifies as a bat, but they addressed some things with the trade deadline. What was your perspective on the trade deadline deals? You know, it was. Uh, I was a little... I'm still kind of perplexed by a, a couple of them. The Andrew Chafin move, I don't really understand. Uh, he, he's on the IL, first of all. Like, okay, you don't we you got enough injured pitchers. You don't you don't need this guy. And if it's somebody who the Diamondbacks, who are out of contention, were willing to pay down his entire salary down to the minimum and just wait for a, a player to be named later, like that doesn't strike. And, and he hadn't been pitching well. Uh, that was odd to me. Osich, I think we've seen, is is pretty solid. And that's a guy who's actually got control left. Uh, he's got a couple more seasons. So you look at a lefty who they figure, a hey, really good cutter. We can work on that. We saw him work out of a jam the other day. I think that's great. Um, the Martinez, Jose Martinez, hasn't worked out really well so far, but he's been facing mostly righties, that, which is weird. Yeah, I, and I think, I think a lot of that was saying, hey, this DH thing isn't really working when we're letting our catchers DH, and that's what they had been doing. So saying, hey, this guy's our DH. That's what he's going to do. Our catchers are going to catch, and that's it. And we're just and then we're going to get rid of Fegley. We're going to narrow it down to two. Uh, the Maven move again. I don't really like it in and of itself because he does not give the Cubs anything uh, from a dynamic perspective that they don't already have. That's why I've been. Uh, I really am upset about the idea that they never really gave Ian Miller a chance. He was a speedster. That's what they got him to do. Get a guy who can run and steal bases, but. The big thing about the um, the Maven move is it means Albert Almora Jr. is not on the roster anymore. And honestly, that, more than anything Maven himself will do, removing Almora, and I almost feel like that was the front office saying, hey, Rossi, stop it. Stop. Yeah. Like, no. 
not not a pinch runner. The defense is okay, but if you're going to pinch run him, um, Kyle Schwarber is actually faster than Albert Almora Jr. So really nothing to be gained there. So save him for some defense, but uh, the bat just didn't play. And, and this this is an upgrade if for no other reason than again it's it's addition by subtraction. Did they just figure Almora out? I mean, he had a couple of years. He's a career 270 hitter. Maven's not a career 270 hitter. Uh, it, did they figure him out, or did Almora try to tweak too much, or did he build trying to, you know, get his uh, get his bat speed up? I, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, there were a few things, I, I think, and, and he's, um, you know, and we, we've seen from someone like Jason Hayward how sometimes, you know, all the tweaking, uh, because you can look at Hayward's swing over the course of his career going all the way back to his rookie year, and something's different all the time. Yeah. Nothing, Nothing's ever the same. And, you know, baseball is a game in which your process, you know, we, we look at all the results. And this is what I talk to my son all the time about. I said, if you're only focused on results and you forget about the process, the results are going to start, start falling off. And I think, you know, Almora got really into a rut there, uh, none of which was helped. I, I really do believe that foul ball he hit in May of last year that, that struck the little girl in Houston. Yeah. And, and that impacted, if you look at, now his, his statistics weren't great ahead of that, but if you look at his numbers before and after that event, there's a stark contrast there. And, and again, baseball is such a mental sport that if, if you are at all pulling back, if, if you can't cut it loose and, and play with confidence, you're done. Yeah. And, and I, I really do think, and that's one of those things, I don't know if a change of scenery helps that and kind of breaks him loose from whatever's kind of holding him back, but there's just, he does not look like the same guy. Because, I mean, he was contact hitter, supposed to be really good against lefties. He was actually picking up his game against righties and had a great glove. But the other problem is he was never a speedster, right? And I, I kind of joked about that earlier, but he was he was not a fast guy. He got really good jumps, really good reads on fly balls. That's why he was good in center. But you add 15, 20 pounds, try to bulk up to hit a little, a few more home runs, which he did a couple years ago, that you lose a step, then now it's over. And we saw that. So I think it's just psychologically, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I'm not inside his head. I don't want to climb in there. I don't want to claim anything but it looks as if something there is preventing him from really being able to express himself physically. And, and I just, I, I don't know that that's something he ever gets past and it might be something that takes some time, but, uh, or, or a, a big change, who knows. Interesting. What, what do you think about the sports book? DraftKings is going to build a physical sports book on the grounds at Wrigley field. I, I've got no problem with it. And, and I'm as, uh, like strident a traditionalist I think with Wrigley Field is virtually anybody what do you think of it yeah I, I, I think it's one of those things where at this you know uh, the nothing is sacred anymore realistically I mean we've already seen all the changes around Wrigley so what's what's one more thing and, and you know uh, I mean how many how many times do you do the 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 pass the dollar game, you know, and if the ball lands on the mound at the end, you get like people are already betting in the stands and doing stuff anyway. It's legal in Illinois. Uh, it, it's another revenue stream that really, and it's one of those things too, where it's, I'm sure they'll have signage up, but it's, it's pretty unobtrusive. Like it, it's not, if you don't want to have a part of it, if you don't want to go bet and, and wager, then don't, right. <laughs> you know, I, I it's, uh, it's, you know, and I'm sure a lot of folks will be upset about it, but it's another revenue stream for the Cubs who, you know, we're missing out on some stuff. And, and this is, uh, to be fair, this is something they've talked about for quite a while. And uh, and I think this is something that the Ricketts family has, has definitely been prepared for for a long time. Kind of weird timing to announce it now as they are, you know, especially when fans can't be there. 
what is there to really get excited about with it? But I, I'm fine with it. I, I don't have a real big feeling. I mean, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll lay a bit down when I go there, but I'm not one way or the other. It, it, you know, it, the Ricketts family has driven me nuts as they try to extricate as many dollar bills from my pocket as they can. You know, that everything is about money for them, which, which when they opened up the outfield for movies, like movie night in the outfield, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, uh, what are we doing? Like, what are you going to make, an extra $40? Are you people insane? What's the matter with you? But this, I don't mind. I mean, gambling's a part of our culture. People enjoy it. So what the hell? And, and I don't need it to enjoy baseball, but if others do, I'm all in, and, and that's just fine. So give me a prediction when we talk next, or when, let's say, by next Tuesday morning, after the Cubs have played their five against the Cardinals and the one against the Pirates, where are they in the standings? Yeah, so I think, they're, I think they win. Uh, they, they should finish out the, the Pirates. I know they're facing this, uh, who's it, JT Brubaker, uh, a rookie, I guess. Uh, but I think and, and the Cubs are sending Mills up there, so I know they want to set that up to have Darvish start the opener uh, against the Cardinals. So I think, and it's, speaking of which, it's pretty amazing that we've gotten to the point where you Darvish is the guy who's kind of Jake Arrieta circa 2015 to where you know every fifth day this guy's going to get you a win. Hey, go score two runs. We're good. And, and that's really impressive. It's unfortunate, though, that none of the other guys are like that right now. But um, <laughs> I think – you know, the Cardinals, that's tough. Uh, three out of five is, is kind of where I'm at on that. I think it's so difficult to sweep those double headers, and, and the cards are always kind of dangerous. But if they're able to do that, you know, they basically gain a game. You know, they stand pat pretty much in the standings. So you figure uh, I'm looking at them carrying a, a four to five game lead out of that out of that weekend series, ideally five. If, and if they're able to gain a game on the Cardinals somehow today, and they can push that to six. But I think five game lead out of the uh, – coming out of that big weekend series, and, uh, and then they can kind of cruise from there. Beautiful. Thank you, Evan. Great stuff as always, and great stuff at CubsInsider.com. Always enjoy reading your work, as I'm sure all good, right-thinking Cubs fans do. Thanks for taking the time. Have a great weekend. No problem. I'm always, always happy to join. Have a good one. All right, that's Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling for uh, today. It's, uh, it's Thursday, September 3rd. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live.